Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Unscrewed. The show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I'm your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and this week we're doing something special. A crossover event with the League of Awkward Unicorns, the surprisingly entertaining and amazing podcast about mental health and emotional wellness, which is hosted by Deanna Zant and Alice Bradley. We're calling our crossover event the League of Unscrewed but Still Awkward Unicorns. (laughs) And here's how it's going to work. Today, you're getting this Boss Unscrewed episode featuring Deanna Zant, in which we get real about unchecked sexual harassment in social justice spaces and inspired by the HBO film Confirmation set to air Saturday, we riff on Anita Hill everything she's meant to us when she made it possible for the whole culture to even discuss sexual harassment by telling her own story at the 1991 confirmation hearings of then-Supreme Court nominee Clarence Thomas. Then Thursday, download a new episode of The League of Awkward Unicorns, which will feature me getting real, real personal about my recovery from sexual violence and how I started on my path to become the sexual liberationist I am today. So let's get started. I am so pleased to introduce to you Deanna Zant, one of the co-founders of Shine Squad, a new initiative that's bringing sexual harassment in social justice spaces out of the shadows. She's also a woman about town and co-founder and a partner in Lux Digital, a New York-based strategy agency working with movements, nonprofits, and people changing the world. Love it. She's also a good friend of mine, and I'm so thrilled to have her on the show. Hi, Deanna. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're on my show. I'm so honored to be here. It feels so good. So, Deanna. (laughs) Yes. Just because I know you doesn't mean you're getting off easy. You have to go through the lightning round. Oh, God bless. I've been waiting for this since this podcast launched. (laughs) You've been imagining how you might respond. I'll take it. Deanna, what has made you the happiest this week? A man friend of mine was visiting, and I am going to claim the traditionally unfeminist space of saying it made me deliriously happy to have my boyfriend visit. Um, We haven't seen each other in a while, and we got to spend a lot of great time together, but also jump into a lot of other social circles around New York, which made me really happy and just made me feel like less of a movement 
based, you know, justice-based automaton and, and an actual human in the world who has relationships. Sweetie, <laughs> if it's unfeminist to be excited and happy to see your boyfriend, then I am not a feminist. <laughs> what is the best sex advice you've ever received? It's kind of a little bit relationship advice as well, not necessarily that you have to have a relationship with everyone that you have sex with. I'll allow it. It was purely about how hot it can be to express your needs. We have this idea that it's like, oh, if I say like, you know, oh, don't touch me here. That doesn't feel good to me. Like that's going to be some sort of turn off or whatever. And once I finally internalize it saying I like this and I don't like this before I have a sexual interaction with someone that actually ended up liberating the entire sexual experience because I wasn't so focused the entire time on like, oh, please don't do that. Please don't. I hope he doesn't do that. It just set it free. And anybody that doesn't hear that or gives you a hard time about that or or thinks that that, that's weird is not someone that you really want to mess around with anyway. So you should probably just get up and leave. What is the sex or sexuality related news that made you the maddest or saddest recently? I would say the ongoing attempts to defund Planned Parenthood. And full caveat, Planned Parenthood is a client of mine, but they're my client because I feel really passionately about the work that they do in the world. And the state-based initiatives to defund Planned Parenthood, to close clinics that offer abortions, that do all of this stuff to take away the autonomy of women, particularly low-income and rural women who don't necessarily have access to the services that we have access to in big cities, infuriates me. Yes. What is the biggest sex myth that you once believed but you don't anymore? I would say that men don't get emotional during sex. That sex is, you know, is just like a function, like eating or drinking, you know, is just a... But they're like pneumatic drills. Yeah, like it's like a biological function that they have to fulfill um, and don't necessarily have emotional experiences around. It it took years to kind of unpack that and thankfully now, not necessarily free of it, but have become friends and have had great relationships with men who have incredibly nuanced emotional and sexual experiences and have, have shared those with me all right and who's one of the bravest people that you can think of who's working to unscrew the sexual culture (laughs) you besides me (laughs) that's cheating it's totally cheating Oh, there's so many. There's so many women. I look at Wagatwe Wanjuki. Yes. Doing a lot of stuff around sexual assault, campus assault. I look at uh, Liz Winstead and Lady Parts Justice and her just unapologetic pro-abortion stance in the world. Like, I feel like that's a huge part of our sexuality. Um, And I love the work that she does. I love... Man, how how many are there that I could... You're just supposed to pick one. It's a lightning round. It's lightning. Who, who, like, all, all of them. All of them. All right. <laughs> you know, the reason why I can't pick one is not just a, a cop-out. It's that actually we are blessed to live in this incredible cultural moment where there are people that are just putting themselves out there in incredible ways. And I feel really, really lucky um, that they share the way that they do and that they advocate the way that they do. 
us a little bit about Shine Squad. What was the genesis for it, and what are you all up to now? There's a, a PR agency based in D.C. and New York called Fitzgibbon Media. Well, there used to be. Yeah, there was, I should say. There were allegations, multiple allegations of sexual harassment and assault and abuse against the owner and founder, Trevor Fitzgibbon. And there was this moment where all of us in variety of overlapping feminist circles were kind of sending this story around and infuriated and... And we should say, like, many of our organizations have hired Fitzgibbon Media. Yes. Like... And I had never heard a whisper of any of it. Which was so typical because I've actually worked at organizations and worked for people who are notorious sexual harassers and abusers and not told anybody about it. A bunch of us have been through this before. We have seen people in social justice movements harassing and abusing um, either their employees or colleagues or what have you. And there has always been for the last, you know, 10 years that I've kind of come up in this world, always been these back channels of mostly women helping each other out of bad situations, whether that's finding them a new job, introducing them to a lawyer, offering just a a sympathetic ear. You know, we parachute in and retrieve the person in trouble and get them out of the bad situation. And there was something about this moment and everything that we've been through kind of culturally in the last few years that made a few of us say, no, this is not a back channel situation. We are out front with this. And one of the first things that happened was one of our co-founders, Sabrina Hersa-Issa, wonderful human being, started a form to help the people that were about to lose their jobs because the PR firm closed down. In light of all of that and the way this was playing out, a few of us were were talking about both our own experiences and being sexually harassed and abused, specifically inside social justice movements, and how horrible it is to see and feel people who otherwise have fantastic values in the world, who kind of say all of the right things and yet are really freaking creepy when it comes to the actual workspace. I have to say that in thinking about this show, in thinking about the work of Shine Squad and about sexual harassment in progressive spaces, as someone who's worked in progressive spaces my whole life, I was like, I have never had this experience. And then I realized that I've literally, my entire career as an adult post-college, have never had a male boss. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that that was probably subconsciously in part because I was sexually harassed at a job by a male boss when I was in college, like it was a summer job at an auction house, and I was terribly sexually harassed by him. Mm -hmm. And look what I've chosen to do with the rest of my career. (laughs) (laughs) And I should say, I feel like I should have said, obviously women can sexually harass. Yeah, and we we have gotten a few of those stories in. And by, by no means do I mean to erase men's experiences or people on different trans spectrums. All of those experiences are valid. What we decided very early on was we were going to be very explicit in addressing powerful men harassing and abusing women and trans feminine folk 
in the social justice space because it was just story after story after story that we've all shared with one another. I shared one of my stories on uh, Shine Squad that I submitted myself was that I went out to drinks after a meeting with a client and the client invited a funder along and that funder actually assaulted me in the bar and I had no idea what to do because I was afraid that the client wouldn't believe me or wouldn't you know I didn't want to lose the client you know I was a freelancer I was pretty broke at the time you know the very typical situations and I at that point in my career already had a pretty public profile of being very feminist and very outspoken. And I still was unsure about what I should do or how I should handle this situation, especially because this was a funder who specifically funded lots of different feminist organizations in addition Mm. to my client at the time. And I was like, ah... I don't know how to handle that. I don't know what to do. And and I think there's a particular conundrum in, in social justice spaces where we don't expect these things to happen. We expect our colleagues and ourselves to be immune from the cultural influences and patriarchal norms to which we all subscribe in, in one way or another. And... It's simply, we are not immune. We are part of it. And by continually just closing our ears and going la 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 and hoping that it doesn't affect us, we're doing a lot of damage and we're losing a lot of good people, particularly women out of movement spaces because they are unwilling to continue to work this way. Well, and there's also like a very particular gaslighting dynamic, I think, that happens in progressive spaces. Because you have this feeling like, wait, this can't be happening. This is a progressive or social justice context, right? So obviously this person can't be doing this. And I think the abusers like leverage the fuck out of that. Oh my gosh, yeah. And in so many ways. So if you go to shadsquad.org, there's an explainer video. We wanted to offer kind of these multiple sort of gray area examples of, you know, maybe... If something happened once, it wasn't necessarily the most offensive thing that happened. But, you know, over time, a pattern kind of emerges. And I think that that was something that came up in a recent podcast episode that we did on the League of Awkward Unicorns. Paul Gilmartin was talking about childhood abuse. And he said, you know, every parent makes mistakes, but a pattern is undeniable. Mm hmm. And I feel really similarly about harassers and abusers in the workplace. And so the examples that we were offering up were the guy that says after, like, he touches you inappropriately at the bar, like, puts his hand on your leg, and you're kind of like, what's happening? And the next day at work, he says, you know... I'm really sorry about how I acted last night. I'm in a really difficult emotional space right now. And like uses all of the right language to apologize for his behavior. Again, as a one-off, I might accept that. But to find out that this is a pattern and to have it happen multiple times over and over to multiple women. And I think that that was another thing that we were sort of tired of dealing with was, you know, many women deal with this in isolation. They think they're the only ones. And the idea of Shine Squad and why we named it Shine Squad was to shed light on this, to shine the light in and say, you are not the only one dealing with this and you are not crazy for feeling like something weird is going on. 
Because it can be so hard to convince yourself that you're not just making it up. You know, like, again, my story didn't happen in a social justice context at all. I was like a 17 or 18 year old working a summer job at an auction house. Not like a fancy Sotheby's auction house. Like we would auction off like bankruptcy businesses and things like that. I think it was just like an admin job for the summer and the owner, it was a family business. He was the owner and the auctioneer. His mother worked in the office, right? And I just remember thinking like, he wouldn't actually do something that's inappropriate, <laughs> yeah. like with his mother working in the office. But he did, right? Like he would make sure that we would be alone in a car on our way to locations and like suddenly let go of the steering wheel and insist that I drive. Huh. And he would just constantly comment on how I looked and those sort of subtle, inappropriate touches. Like, none of it, you know, like, look, at Shine Squad, there are all kinds of stories varying from one inappropriate comment one time to he raped me, right? Mm -hmm. And, And they're incredibly moving, all of them. And none of the stuff I experienced was on that, on the violent end of the spectrum. But it was just, yeah, it was this constant... Mm -hmm series of things each one of which were covered by plausible deniability you know sabrina did an interview with npr that was really fantastic in that the host um, of the particular segment where she was talking about shine squad was really trying to get in what is the definition of sexual harassment and what is how do you pinpoint it and sabrina you can hear in the interview gets audibly frustrated with the host because she was like there is so much damage that can be done by having a single definition and a single story of what constitutes this kind of behavior in the same way that all the folks like you and and many others that have been working on sexual assault stories and, and advocacy for many, many years, we're not just talking about the guy that jumps out of the bushes with a knife and rapes someone that is like the boogeyman idea of like we have this like kind of madman idea about sexual harassment or even like the Clarence Thomas idea coming up and you know with the film being released that he's talking about pubic hairs on coke hands and his penis size and stuff like that again that it's not necessarily about individual behaviors that it's much more about patterns and about overlapping circumstances And it's funny because I always hear in my head the devil's advocates, my little demons, as I call them, the little demon voices in my head that are like, you know, you're just trying to be the fun police. You don't want people to flirt at work and you don't want people to have fun and and all this. And I remember calling you up Mm -hmm. and this was such an enlightening moment for me. And I think this, this applies to so many different situations. I was just like, I don't know what to say to those voices other than shut the F up. And you were the one that said to me, if anyone asks you or tells you that you're just trying to destroy fun in the world, you said, ask them fun for who? Yup. And that is so meaningful to me, specifically with looking at sexual harassment, because I remember talking to you about this. I said, you know, I have flirted with people that I work with. Oh, so have I. Yeah. Does that make me an abuser? My bad person? Or like, how would I know? You know, and you gave me this really wonderful test. You said, 
if that person didn't reciprocate the flirtation or otherwise indicated that they weren't into the situation or that they were uncomfortable or whatever, whatever, would you continue to flirt with them at that instant or in the future? And I said, no. And you said, that makes you an okay person. You know, it's obviously more nuanced than that, but it's a pretty straightforward measure. Like, are you flirting with someone to get something out of it? Or are you flirting with that person in your workplace to explore the potential of what that connection might mean? Well, and and most people get that. Like, most men even, right? Like, think about workplaces. Like, it's not like in most jobs you get sexually harassed by everybody in the workplace. It's like one or two people, right? Which is... Right. Which shows that everybody else gets where the fucking line is. It's not rocket science. Which also means that the people who are doing the harassing, in all likelihood, also know where the line is. They just don't care. They do not care. Again, this reminds me very much of the the analogies to the work that's been done in, in sexual assault advocacy in that, what is it, something like 5% of all the men are committing like 95% of the assaults or something along those lines. I mean, those are rough numbers. It's like 4 to 8%. But yeah, the, most rapists are repeat rapists. And they also know they don't have consent. They may not be calling themselves rapists with that language in their heads, but they know that the person that they are assaulting, even if they wouldn't use that word, is not into it and they don't care or that's a feature and not a bug. Exactly. It is an exercise of power. And I feel very, very similarly about harassment. And and over the long term, one of the things that we've discovered at Shine Squad 2 is the the psychological and sociological effect that this has on, on entire movements and communities means that we lose voices, people drop out, people don't want to continue to work in the same spaces and we lose the benefit of these experiences in the same way that when we don't act in inclusive ways you know across multiple spectrums that we are failing when we don't build movements that actually value and honor the humans in them can i like get a tattoo of that yep yes i'll get it with you Yes. Like, yes, <laughs> exactly. Politics begin at home. Like, personal is political. That phrase has meaning, right? That if you think you are a social justice oriented person, you need to do it with the people who are around you. Yeah. It's not just a fancy idea. You know, I think about it very similarly to how many white liberals are failing racial justice movements over and over and over. Um, But I look at how a lot of men will use their their public facing selves and the advocacy work that they do as an excuse for how they treat the women in their lives. Like, I shouldn't be held accountable because I do all of these great things publicly. Right. And they even call on that as like, well, I'm stressed out. Like, the work is so hard. Or they misinterpreted what I meant. And like, I was just trying to, you know, make a good connection to get some work done. And like all the excuses that you would use in the world that painted with this justice lens. Infuriating. Infuriating. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Were you, you're a few years younger than me, but not a lot younger than me. Were you aware of the Clarence Thomas hearings when they were happening? Yeah, you know, it was really interesting. I wasn't necessarily a super schooled, like I understand what the word patriarchy means, kind of feminist. I understood that there was gender inequality in the world, but that was probably about it. And I found the whole thing really fascinating because... I remember feeling like people want me to not like her and I don't know why. It was so clear to me that really bad things had happened to her. I was 16 years old and I didn't have an understanding of what was actually happening and why it was happening this way. I was in college, but it was like a year or two after I had had that summer with that auctioneer. And at the time that it happened for me, like I didn't call it sexual harassment. It wasn't a thing. It was just like really it was a really uncomfortable summer and like a couple of the guys who did like the manual labor for the auctions noticed what was going on and tried to make sure that I wasn't alone with him as much as possible like people saw and god bless I and if I remembered those guys names I would send them thank you notes god right? bless like, them. they were lovely but I had no language for it and having a language for it like seeing it on tv and seeing her say this is not okay it really, I think, changed something inside me. That was a big moment for a lot of us. Again, like I hadn't obviously had that experience, but the idea of sexism at work at that point was very much rooted in kind of 80s power feminism. Like I think about the movie Nine to Five. You know, yes, <laughs> and what is it, Gerald McGraney? That's the that's the guy, yes, right? Yes, yes, right. like slapping people on the ass and like being a jerk, being like, "Hey, nice tits," or like not getting a job because you're a woman, Just getting called tits or abroad. Like I remember where I grew up, it was like if you were called abroad, that was the worst thing ever. I was like, oh God, what I would give now to be called abroad. <laughs> um, you're you're a fine broad. I'm a fine broad. In any case, yeah, I completely agree that there was this this lingo and I think that there's there's an evolution that we're experiencing Anita Hill in her bravery she created all of this space and now you know with the work that we're doing with Shine Squad and and what we see happening you know again across multiple overlapping spheres is like we're trying to create space to say that it isn't necessarily this super overt stuff that you think of that madman-esque sexual harassment is not the same as what we experience now and and let's start building language and and be accountable for that you know anita hill man 
Anita Hill. Like, can we just say Anita Hill? Anita fucking Hill. Like, I saw somebody recently saying that she should be the Supreme Court nominee. And work with Clarence Thomas for the rest of her life? Well, just that she would be the nominee and watch, like, all the conservative head explosions. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah. You know, but no, of course not. You know, what I love about Shine Squad actually parallels my experience of watching the Anita Hill hearings and I was in college and I was already being I was in the process of being kind of radicalized in my politics but I don't remember paying that much attention to the fact that they didn't want me to like her right like I remember being so riveted that she was just coming out and saying this stuff and saying this is not okay and Almost like the guys who are up on that panel, Joe Biden included, let's oh, not forget. I know. That's the thing that like every because I have a I have like a, a serious and like deep affection for Joe Biden as I vice president. Too. But I think he gets a fucking pass on this. He's never apologized. He's never been held accountable for that. But that panel of guys was almost <sighs> like the wallpaper that already existed in the culture. Yeah. Right? Like, those guys already had the mic when she stepped up. And so, for me, the power of her naming what had been done to her Mm -hmm. and and just coming out and whatever they said to her being like, I'm not lying, yes, this really happened, and no, it's not okay. Basically, those ideas over and over again. Yeah. That, I mean, that was what what actually stayed with me. Yeah, that power is what stayed with me. Not even the fact that Clarence Thomas wound up on the fucking Supreme Court anyway, although that pisses me off every time I think about it. Like, every time I hear his name, I'm like, yeah. I see you. I see you, Clarence Thomas. I see you. But oh my God. the thing that, that stayed with me from that cultural moment was, oh, this is not okay. Yeah. And that was so powerfully and positively transformative. It was so cathartic for me. And I see that same spirit in what you're doing with Shine Squad. And I think that that's a big part of what we're doing. You know, so there, there's a couple of aspects of what we're doing. There's the, the storytelling aspect, um, which, you know, I'm a, a big believer in that stories create empathy and that, you know, we need to show each other that we're not alone in what we're experiencing. The other part of it is is a very intentional data collection aspect. And we feel like that there hasn't been a concerted effort to really document and understand the extent of the problem that we're dealing with, specifically within social justice movements. You know, we've been intentionally slow moving because we're trying very hard to be careful and deliberate about everything that we're doing with this movement building. But for example, you know, one of the interesting things that has come up as a theme in a lot of the the surveys that have been completed is that a a lot of women are harassed at conferences. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Political campaigns are close second. And because things are sort of late night, more casual. There's alcohol sometimes like you go to a conference and like you go you know there's a happy hour and then a bunch of people go to dinner people have hotel rooms nearby exactly and we started looking at you know what are the conferences that don't seem to have this problem and why and who does seem to have these problems and where are people kind of reporting that and looking at what we can do to help facilitate conversations 
among organizers of convenings to be really explicit about what kind of behaviors they accept and don't accept. To give a really good example of a, a positive experience that I had in that space, the first year that I went to a festival and conference called XOXO, which is wonderful. It's it's artists and makers and tech folk and change makers in the world kind of all coming together and sharing their experiences. They have a, a really explicit policy and zero tolerance policy around um, sexual harassment and obviously assault and abuse. And they said that the two organizers, the two Andes, said this from the stage the day that it opened and they were really clear about it and really supportive of it and they found it you know they framed it in a really positive way because we want everyone to have a great experience and we want everyone to feel welcome here so this is why we have this policy and then um, the last day of the conference when they were doing their opening like hey let's get the day started they said oh we wanted to report back to you you know something that happened last night with regards to our you know kind of sexual harassment policy and at one of the events the night before there was um do you know that game werewolf I don't know the game Werewolf. It's one of those, like, you basically try to fool everyone. It's a bluffing game. It's it's sort of set in a medieval town, and so you're the village this, you're the village baker, you're the village, you know, whatever. And someone who was playing one of the werewolf games said that they were the village rapist. Ah! Ah, exactly. And a bunch of people were like, uh, that's not okay, you know? And the guy running the game was like, dude... No, you know, don't do that. And then he did it again, and he did it as a, evidently a third time from what I remember. He said that he was like, no, it's really funny. It's like, you know, take a joke. I'm the village rapist. Again, fun for whom? Fun for whom, exactly. So it was reported to the conference organizers, and the two conference organizers came to the venue where this was happening and said, what's going on? They rode over on their little bikes, because it's Portland. <laughs> And they said, what's happening? And they said, this is what's happening. And, you know, they were like, did you do this? And he was like, yeah. And you think this is funny and okay? And he was like, yeah. And they were like, hand over your badge. You're not welcome here. And not only was he kind of booted from that event, but he wasn't allowed back at the conference. And then on top of that, they reported that from the main stage the next day. Amazing. As an accountability and as a way of saying, like, no, we take this seriously. And so I take it you're finding in your data so far not a lot of harassment at XOXO. I haven't heard a single story from XOXO. That's amazing. And maybe if there are people out there that are listening to this, they're like, no, I was totally harassed at XOXO. You know, I want to hear about it specifically because um, it's one of my favorite places that I've, I've kind of ended up running around in the world. And they should tell you at shinesquad.org? Shinesquad.org. Fill out the form, watch the video, submit your story. Deanna, I'm so encouraged by all the baller work you're doing in the world, but right now specifically Shine Squad. <laughs> I'm encouraged by everyone that we all stand in solidarity with. None of us are alone. We can't be expected to do this alone. And the whole point of doing this in a networked, relationship-based way is that when I need to chill out and go watch the Netflix for a week straight, <laughs> maybe... I don't know, because I might be known to do that. I can do that because the movement is there and in place and ready to take over. And that's the whole point of this is that we're we're all in this together. And we're all doing the pieces that we can the way we can do them. Hell yes. Takuna Lam. Takuna Lam, bitches. That's right, bitches. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> 
where can people follow all of your wonderful work? DeannaZant.com and LuxDigital.com. Those are my my websites. Um, they can follow me just uh, Deanna at Twitter, which is just D-E-A-N-N-A, just on, on the internets. Tell me all the things. Oh, and LeagueOfAwkwardUnicorns.com. Of course, the podcast. Righteous. Excellent. You should all be listening to League of Awkward Unicorns for sure. And you can find me at JacquelineFriedman.com. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N.com. You can find former shows and show notes for old shows at JacquelineFriedman.com slash unscrewed. You can find me on Twitter at Jacqueline F. You can tweet at me and Deanna. We'd love to know what you think about the show. Keep the conversation going. Just use the hashtag unscrewed and we will absolutely chat it up with you about whatever you want to talk about. Anything. I'm so game for it. I'm ready. Yeah. You can find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are distributed. We recommend Acast, but there's also iTunes and Stitcher. If you want other people to find this show, if you like this show, if you think more people should be influenced by this show, you should leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. So important. It makes such a big difference in how iTunes decides to promote you and where you show up in the rankings and whether other people will happen upon this show. Yep. If you love the show, give us five stars, write a little review, uh, and I'll love you forever, basically. The show is produced in collaboration with Katie Tandy, the creative director at theestablishment.co, which also produces this fine podcast. It is edited by yours truly. Our cover art is by the fantastic Nicole Dodonna, and the in and out music you're listening to is by the Pink Tiles. Until next week, we are wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.